you will believe what's gonna happen. What happened to you? Got my ass kicked. On this episode, join Andy and Luke as they discuss the Stone Cold Steve Austin action adventure film, The Expendables. Welcome to the Road Home on Film. Are you crazy? Could have killed me. You're welcome. All right, welcome back to the Road Home on Film. My name's Andy. I'm coming to you live to take from the Road Home from Wrestling World Headquarters of the world. And I got Luke with me today. What's up, Luke? What's up? How are you? Pretty good, man. Uh, you did make me watch <laughs> something. That we'll, I guess, talk about very soon. And uh, I'm not sure whether I appreciate it or want to strangle you. So, it's again, I guess it's a good thing there's an ocean between us. But I think we're going to have a bit of fun here today, don't, don't you? Absolutely. And if folks don't know, you know, it's been a little while since you've been on the Road Home from Wrestling podcast. This is Luke from uh, the Never Open podcast, the other podcast we do together. It's only about New Japan and nothing else. And we've been never... <laughs> talk about a movie or anything like that on that show so you know we had to bring ourselves to the road home from wrestling in order to talk yeah. about this movie the expendables holy crap so um luke what is your history with the movie the expendables i mean what was your life like in 2010 when this movie came out did you see it in the theater tell me all about it i did i did see it in the theater uh i'm I can I can be a Stallone fan. It depends on the project and stuff like that. So a couple of years before that, he'd already done like Rocky Balboa, you know, that six Rocky movie and stuff, which I liked. So, you know, I, I like Sly when he's motivated and he, he chooses something you know, good. And the idea of him just finally bringing all the action heroes together for a movie, I thought was like, oh, well, that's a no-brainer. It's going to be 80s as hell. And uh, I can swear on this, can't I? Yeah, it's yeah. going to be 80s as fuck. And it's going to be super awesome, except, you know, it, it <laughs> is a movie that I watched. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think we'll have a good time uh, talking about this because it's, it's very silly. And, um, yep. you know, and that's kind of fun. And so I can't wait to talk about that. Not only is the story silly, the acting silly, the action silly, but like the, the way it's like this movie was made is silly, like everything about it's silly and that's great. And so I can't wait to talk about that, but um, thank you so much for asking. Um, the first time I saw this movie in 2010 was in the movie theater. And uh, I don't remember who went with me, but I remember having a good time. And there's a, a scene in particular that I was like, oh shit. And, you know, I was uh, 30 years old that year, you know, so I was still thought I was a kid. And like, to me, this was kind of like a fun nostalgia thing that I have to say my friends liked a lot more than I did. Like, you know, I've always been kind yeah. of an intellectual type, but I do like action movies and I do like some of these guys. We'll get into them, of course. But um, and I've always been more of an intellectual. So like movies like this are just kind of like when I was 30 years old, I probably thought this was fucking stupid. And so I knew going into it what I was walking into. So I enjoyed it back then. I enjoyed it now. Um, it is terrible and dumb, and I can't wait to discuss why that is. So, pretty good. 
Now, Luke, um, yes. <laughs> do you know how much it costs to make the Expendables? Uh, I do, but I don't know how much it made uh, because uh, you put an idea in my head, and I guess we'll talk about it, uh, the factory that the, these kind of movies Will eventually oh yes, be yes. You're not just building here. Blocks for. Yeah, you're not just yeah. here because you're a good podcaster. You're here because of a specific reason that we'll get into. So, <laughs> so, so, color me shocked when I looked at the budget for this, and it was eighty million dollars. Because there are some points in the movie that I'm like, yeah, I can see that, and there are other points in the movie I'm just like. <laughs> I'm pretty sure those glass bullet holes are computer-generated bullshit. <laughs> it's a lot of a lot of CG blood, a lot of yeah. CG knives sprouting from people's chests and eyes and stuff like that. You know, it's oh, like yeah. um, people are growing knives out of their bodies in this movie. You know, uh, so <laughs> Robert Patrick and shit. <laughs> do you think? I I don't know, but do you think that the budget itself? So it's it's about eighty million dollars, right? Eighty-two. Yeah. And you think like 80 or like 79.99 million of it was just the the like pay for the cast? Is that it? Well, I I can pretty much tell you for sure that you know Bruce Willis probably made a million dollars for that. Uh, so how many big names are on here? Yeah, yep. About 80. <laughs> That's true. About 80 That's million. True. Yeah. Well, we don't know how much Randy Couture made, but I I bet it's not a million dollars. <laughs> but we'll find out. So, all right. So, Luke, how much this uh, movie make? It was it was a smash hit. I will tell you that. Uh, so, the budget was eighty million dollars. But how much did the box office bring in worldwide? Must have been a hit because there's two sequels. And by the way, Mr. Andy, there's two sequels on the way. Mm. So, uh, do they have wrestlers uh, in them? Because <laughs> <laughs> if they don't, we're off the hook. So. Yeah, fuck them. Well, you're off the hook. Like, I might just. Decide to review the whole fucking lot. Why not? But uh, what was your question? Oh, how much did it make? Uh, yeah. If it made more than a hundred million, I'm going to be. It, it did, didn't it? How much oh, did it make? A lot make? more. I told you it's a smash hit. It made two hundred and seventy-four point five million dollars, Luke. So it made real. you know three, four times what its uh, budget was. So that's fantastic. So you know these guys, uh, they made a lot of money, and uh, oh. that's what it's all about for them. Clearly. <laughs> So, um, Luke, I had an assignment for you. You know, yep. John, he's fucking around. He's not answering texts. He's just, uh, he's like, oh, I have a job and it's important to me. And so, you know, he's, <laughs> he's just not around to do the work that he's supposed to do. So I had to draft you. Um, you know, this is the part of the show where we talked by, about these actors one by one and see how we thought they did. But I, I have a feeling this might be the longest part of the show because I want to talk a lot about these actors. So let's get, you know, let's hit it here. Right. Obviously, we kind of have to start with the guy who is, you know, the reason we're here, because in this show, um, you know, the road home on film, the only stipulation is it has to be somehow tangentially, tangentially related to wrestling. And Stone Cold Steve Austin is in this show, in this movie. And what do you think of Stone Cold? What's your history with him? Mr. Dan Payne. Uh, <laughs> well, I discovered him pretty much long after everybody else was already gaga for him. So, you know, I think half of the awesome Stone Cold stuff had already been on WWE before uh, I started checking things out. Like, 
when I was growing up, WWE Raw was two weeks behind. Nitro wasn't. So I was just like, well, I'm not watching this stale bullshit. I'll just watch uh, watch Nitro. So when I would go to V, when I go to the video store though, that's how I watched a lot of the old WWE stuff. There's fire uh, VHS tapes and things like that. So that's how I got into Stone Cold Steve Austin and all that. And I know he's also made that classic action film that everyone talks about called The Condemned, which uh, <laughs> is just super awesome. And uh, also, uh, I do know that he he likes to use her. Women is a punching bag uh, sometimes. So yeah, and we're gonna get into that. That's very interesting. You mentioned that because uh, I have a huge note in like triple caps bold <laughs> that we're gonna talk about later in the movie. There is a line that I cannot believe is in the movie. So yes, um, but how do you feel Stone Cold as a wrestler? Um, he's good. You know, I like I, I can see the impact and all that he had in wrestling, but if if I'm allowed to say this, like, I think he's a, he's fucking annoying because he started the most annoying chant in wrestling history. And for that alone, you suck, Mr. Officer. No, but, um, yeah, good wrestler, good worker, always entertained by his matches and stuff. Uh, I think a lot of people like him more than I do, but I always thought he was pretty good in the ring and stuff. Yeah. Would you be shocked to find out, Luke, that I am a massive Stone Cold Steve Austin fan? I, and like, more so his WCW stuff than the WWE. I love stunning Steve Austin. He's kind of my yeah. favorite. Um, but I've learned a lot about wrestling from listening to Stone Cold talk um, about because mm -hmm. he's just kind of says stuff that he shouldn't say um, on the early episodes of his podcast. And I don't think those are around anymore. I think they're all gone now. But he used to say a lot of stuff he shouldn't say. And it was awesome because I got to learn a lot about wrestling mm -hmm. from the inside from him. But he is uh, not necessarily a good person. Um, we're not here to judge him as a person, but he is a fantastic wrestler. And I think that, like, you know, if you guys aren't familiar, I'm sure you are, but if you want to watch a great Stone Cold match, just go watch the one with Bret Hart, you know, from WrestleMania 13. It's one yeah. of the greatest matches to ever happen. It's incredible. And he's in several like that, and he's also just one of the most entertaining performers in uh, wrestling history. But, Luke, you mentioned WCW, and so did I. Would mm -hmm. you be shocked to find out that as we go through these rest or these uh, actors, excuse me, uh, we're going to find another person who was in pro wrestling? Uh, yes, I will be shocked. Okay. Well, I'll bring that up when it comes up. But can, um, can I just mention, Mr. Andy, sorry to please, interrupt you on your own please. podcast, but uh, I watched the version of this movie that is on Amazon Prime. Oh, you and, did? Okay. Uh, so that's the standard, normal. 90 minute hour and 40 minute version whilst i think you told me you watched the extended version so you're yeah. gonna get a few more scenes and things than i do and by the way the first time i watched this movie then we talked about it and then you mentioned no no that character's alive all right fine maybe i didn't pay much attention it's the expendables <laughs> not fucking citizen kane all right i'll sit there and watch it again you hated citizen oh. kane too He's, no, it's a good movie. He's <laughs> freaking still dead. Yes. So, um, okay, yes. so what's that so got to do with the actors? Crazy. There's an order know. to these things, Luke, and I have that 
that we're going I, to I mentioned that because yes. you're going to mention a wrestler or something that might be in this movie, but maybe it's yes. in a scene that I don't have, so I it's, didn't see. No, 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 no. That's not true, and I just no, 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 you like a Mrs. Poole from, uh, you know, the Hogan's family, but yes. <laughs> uh, my point is, is that that was all a stuff that I was... <laughs> I, I'm the host. You can trust me. I'm going to do yep. all this. I'm going to include all this, but... Um, Let's talk about each one of these actors one by one and see how you thought they did. We talked about Steve Austin. How did he do in this movie? Uh, his face doesn't move, but it, but I think that's a good thing because he's the uh, henchman for Eric Roberts' character, and you need him to be, and this is going to sound really bad, but you need him to kind of be, well, stone cold. Mm. <laughs> so... Yeah, he plays this uh, big, heavy right-hand man to Eric Roberts. Uh, it's fine. He's just there to stand behind Eric Roberts, look intimidating and powerful, and then eventually look like an evil piece of shit and do some action scenes. Uh, he doesn't have that many lines either, so I don't know. I feel like uh, he had a pretty easy time with it. What do you reckon? I think that, you know, I was really disappointed in his uh, performance because there was <laughs> one line – that he should have said. And it's like that classic wrestling line that, you know, like at some point he should have looked at like, I don't know, Stallone, for example, and be like, you know, he's like, what are you going to kick my ass? He said, I don't want your ass. I want the whole, or I don't want a piece of your ass. I want the whole thing or something like that. You know, that like <laughs> weird obsession with like ass that it goes on in nineties wrestling and, and 2000s yeah. wrestling. I, I was hoping for more of that from this movie, but we did get, some obsession with Dick that we'll talk about later that I can't wait to talk about. But um, I thought he did fine. I really like the scene where he caught on fire. I can't wait to talk about that. But uh, who, else was, <laughs> who else was in this movie, Luke? All right. We have, of course, Mr. Jason Statham as Lee Christmas. And, of course, everyone knows Mr. Jason Statham. He's been in all of the action franchises and uh, all of the action movies. And I don't think he's changed a bit since, like, I first saw him in Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. He still looks bald with perpetual hey. uh, scruff on his... No, oh, yeah, I'm bald thing, so I'm not bragging over being bald. Is that your wrestling... Or, no, that's your Expendables name, Bald Ding. That's... Yeah. that's <laughs> so Because all these people pest. have terrible pun names that we'll get into, but yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Well, Part of me thinks, like, uh, someone's got a racist name, but um, it, maybe it's just not. Like, what's the most easy name we can give someone who's Asian? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That is a racist name. We'll get into that. All right. So, yeah. so uh, how Jason, do you... Jason Statham is Jason Statham. If you like yes. Jason Statham doing Jason Statham things, you're going to like him in this. That's pretty much it. I'm pretty sure that his character was supposed to be played by Jean-Claude Van Damme. No. Jean-Claude Jean Van Damme was like offered a part in this movie. It doesn't say who. Yep. Um, maybe maybe it was a Stone Cold part. I don't know. Everyone almost in this movie, except for three or four people, were like the third or fourth choice. <laughs> so yeah. um, which is interesting. So uh, but yes, I, I you know, I think that he was supposed to play that role. But it's interesting, too, because that doesn't make any sense because Jason Statham kind of plays like the new kid on the block, you know, he's kind of like the new person to the expendables kind of like the, you know, he asks the questions and, but he still knows everything. Yeah. Eh, 
He is good, though. He's always good, and he is one of the few people that's acting in this movie. Who's next, yeah. Luke? Yes, yeah. <laughs> he is. Let's go with Jet Li. Everyone knows who Jet Li is. He's awesome. He is the one. Yes. Uh, because, you know, he's in that movie called The, the One. Uh, but, yeah, his character... Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's embarrassing. I kind of don't even want to say what his name is, but I will. I'll just rip that Band-Aid off. Jet Li yeah. plays Yin Yang. <laughs> and can you get more... Can you get more Asian than that? I bet yourself the person who wrote that name didn't even say Asian. They thought that in their brains Oriental or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Because yeah. that is not a good look. Well, and Jet Li is specifically Chinese. You know what I mean? And yep. like to me, when I think of uh, Chinese actors, he's like the first person I'm going to think of because, you know, he is was a massive star in that, you know, kind of Chinese Hong Kong uh, type of kung fu. The first time I ever saw him was last time, or was it uh, uh, Once Upon a Time in China? Um, but yeah. he was also in some of those like kung fu, like Wu Tang branded movies as well. Um, I think he's in Gods of Wu Tang, if I remember right, and like Lords of Wu Tang. And those are so fucking great, man. If you've never seen any of those like, like just old, stupidly named kung fu movies from Hong Kong, they're fucking awesome. Yeah. And like guys like Jet Li are in them, and they're great. And and uh, he's you know he's good in this movie in the role that he gets, but you know there is a pattern with all of these characters, and that is when they're talking, it's terrible. When they're yes. doing other stuff, it's pretty good. But when they're talking, it's like why are we talking? <laughs> what is happening? So uh, Jet Li's character has a mysterious family, but everyone says you don't have a family, and so he's constantly asking for more money. Um, he reminds me of Dutch from, uh, you know, Red Dead Redemption 2. So. so, yeah, just to piggyback on that, like, I think when Jet Li started his career, it was towards the tail end of those, you know, that Kung Fu movie factory the Shaw Brothers kind of had. Yes, you know, they true. Did, uh -huh. You know, and if you guys haven't seen any of those old movies, even ones that don't feature Jet Li, sorry, Jet Li, like uh, 36 Chambers of Shaolin, That's The Five best. Venoms. Things like that. They are they are amazing. Yeah, and he's in some gnarly stuff too. Like you just said, once upon a time in China, it's also in Shaolin Temple, martial arts of Shaolin stuff, stuff like that. So he Shaolin was there Temple, dude, Shaolin Temple, one of the best kung fu movies ever. It's incredible. <laughs> he's in some really cool stuff. Uh, I remember one of the earliest things I saw him in. <laughs> Don't laugh at me. It's Lethal Weapon 4. <laughs> <laughs> and one of my favorite, I think one of my favorite uh, American movies that he did was probably Unleashed, you know, Daddy the Dog. Yeah. Which uh, I thought was pretty gnarly as well. So, yeah, I love me a bit of Jet Li. Who, who doesn't? Yeah, he's tremendous. Uh, he was also, like, after he got popular, he started just starring in whatever shit movie would come along and there's one that sticks in my mind it's like got dmx in it or something it's called cradle cradle to, to the grave. grave not cradle to the grave cradle the number two grave it <laughs> 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 is so 90s and 2000s i love it it's amazing who else is in this movie luke oh my goodness that's that's hilarious and uh <laughs> dude I kind of wanted to save him for last, but he's an, he's next on the list, and I'm just going to do it now. He plays a character named Gunnar Jensen. It's Dolph. Now, there's a couple of different ways people say this, but it's, it's Lundgren, 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 but it's Dolph. Dolph Lundgren. 
it's the uh, if he dies, he dies. I must break you, <laughs> Batman. Uh, I, you know, so it's pretty awesome as a Rocky fan to see both Dolph and uh, Stallone share the screen again. And his name isn't that stupid. Gunnar Jensen seems like a fine name. And uh, to your point about Jason Statham being one of the few actors in this movie, not only is Dolph one of the few actors in this movie as well, he has some of my favorite fucking lines in the whole thing. Don't talk to me, cockroach. <laughs> Stuff like that just made me laugh. And uh, he's one of my favorite parts of this entire movie, Mr. Andy. What did you think of Dolph in this? He's tremendous. He's yeah. one of the few people that are acting in this movie. There's like three or four. <laughs> he's fantastic. <laughs> and like he's uh, he's kind of like done with the mercenary life he has an antagonist relationship specifically with jet lee because he's the biggest and jet lee's the smallest that's kind of the idea i guess but um but he and stallone have you know they have to rumble as well but it, it, you know he it's interesting i i thought he was just tremendous in this movie now what else has he been in obviously rocky four masters of the universe in your research did you find anything else that he was in um, that was interesting. All right, true story. He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, first movie I ever saw at the cinema. So there is that. Uh, that might seen... be mine too. That might be mine too. I think it was Baby, that dinosaur movie, I think was my uh, first yeah. one. But that's the first one I remember. But man, it might have been Masters of the Universe. I know I went to the theater to see that. Go ahead, I'm sorry. I remember being excited when I saw he was in a Punisher movie, but uh, it's awful. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, his, uh, one of his very early roles is actually uh, A View to a Kill, uh, which uh, oh. is the, I think, final Roger Moore Bond flick. It's the one that also has his uh, ex-girlfriend. You know, I think they met on there, uh, Grace Jones. So, yeah, he's been in some interesting things here and there. Mostly, though, I feel like he didn't always get the, the awesome roles that he maybe should have. He's got a lot of B stuff on here, but... Uh, other than that, like, I've always liked a bit of Dolph. Yeah. I remember he's, watching. Uh, he's like a Icelandic or like Nordic type dude, but he yeah. plays that Russian really well. And I just wonder why has he not been a bad guy in any of the John Wick movies? I mean, for real. Come on. Like that guy, he would be the best in a John Wick movie, don't you think? He would be, and uh, it would be the first time that uh, him and Keanu have been in a film together since Johnny Mnemonic. <laughs> Virtual reality is the future. Well, we've got to capitalize on this. Johnny yeah. Mnemonic. Lawnmower, lawnmower Man 2. Oh, my goodness. Jacob's something or other. I can't remember. It's like a subtitle, too. Oh, my God. Yes, well, he was fantastic in this movie. Uh, who else is in this? All right, we've got... Uh, let's, let's, let's go. Yes. Yes. Actually, uh, yes. that's my cat. Everyone. You have a cat. Yes. Yes. And, uh, she's like, talk about Eric Roberts. I'm like, I'm about to, <laughs> because, uh, one of the other guys who decides, you know what, I'm going to, I'm Eric Roberts knows his, what role he's playing. Oh, so yeah. every opportunity he's on the screen, he hams it up big time. He chews the scenery. He's awesome. He's in an awesome movie called Runaway Train. Uh, what was that fight movie that you you watched recently? He was in. Come on, best of the best. That's Tommy, right. Tommy, 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 it's the best. Um, 
Yeah, he's been what? everywhere. You'll see him turn up in B movies, like a talking cat. You'll or, or B action movies. You'll see him turn up in actual movie movies as well. He does a bit of everything, I guess. So uh, I don't know. I like I like a bit of Eric Roberts. He's always on. Really, he doesn't really put yes. it in. Yeah, he's except a in a talking actor. cat. He's like he's a character actor, and if he wasn't the brother of Julie Roberts, he would be one of those that guy actors. Yes. Oh, yeah, that guy. But because he's the brother of Julie Roberts, people remember him a little more. And he usually is, you know, plus he's fantastic. Now, I don't know if you know this, Luke, but there's a fantastic movie. All right. It's like it has no right to be as good as it is. It's like this fucking like kind of indie movie that is just about some dudes that live in Greenwich Village, and it's called The Pope of Greenwich Village, and it's starring Mickey Rourke, who's also in this movie, and uh, Eric Roberts, and they're best friends, and it is fucking incredible. And Eric Roberts is, like, one of the best over-actors that there are, so, like, him as a bad guy is tremendous, and he's always great as a bad guy. You know, this character could have been played by many people like Val Kilmer would have done a good job or you know people like that that are just like notorious over actors and I loved every second he was on the scene and the fact that or on on the screen and the fact that Stone Cold was his like heater not doing anything like you said he didn't like make any faces and so it like worked perfect because everybody is like trying to no sell how crazy Eric Roberts is but he's crazy and he's powerful He's not afraid to use that power, Luke. Exactly. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention, as a huge Doctor Who nerd, that he plays the master in the 1996 TV movie opposite Paul McGann's Doctor. And he's seen chewingly awesome in that as well. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, so yeah, uh, <laughs> a bit of Eric Roberts is always a fun time. And just bef- uh, so next, I guess we have like. Uh, Randy Couture. Uh, I can't really tell you his whole mega movie ouvre, ouvre, ouvre. I don't know how to pronounce that, but his whole catalogue, he hasn't really done all that much. We we know him most closely as, well, a UFC UFC guy. (laughs) I'm pretty sure he's the guy that Brock beat for the title. Uh, Also, he's in a, a, a movie that I like by David Mamet called Red Belt. I don't know if he's a big part of that, but he's in that movie. Uh, I really like that film <laughs> for some reason. And he's in a lot of other B action movies and stuff and all that kind of jazz too. So, uh, yeah, Randy Couture, he plays a character named – dude, this is real. It's like, I can read it and I saw the credit. Like, I still – like, I just need that reminder just to say it out loud that his name is Toll Road. <laughs> <laughs> now, Luke, of course – he has some kind of character trait that has to do with like roads or or collecting money from roads or you know using the roads to like somehow uh nah. you know, get get money right? Mm-mm. No. What do you mean? No. His name is Toll Road, and he gets made fun of because he thinks he uses his thinky brain to use as like you know a brain to think and imagine and dream and say smart things and everyone's just like oh you're a nerd why are your ears fucked up <laughs> yes he has cauliflower ears which are his which... his uh you know main character trait. yes 
Oh my goodness, he has to... oh, Randy, do you want to be in a movie? Yeah, okay, cool. Do I get to be an action star? Yeah, of course you do. Your name's Toll Road, though, and you have to be on screen and explain why he is look stupid. I um, no. It, it, this is how this goes. <laughs> this is how this goes. It goes, hey Steven Seagal, you want to be in a movie? Oh my god. <laughs> Ten million dollars? No, thank you. Hey Sean Claude Van Damme, you want to be in a movie? Nine million dollars? Oh my god. I love you, brother, but no thanks. Hey Randy Couture, you wanna be in a movie? 300 grand? Sounds good. Sign me up. <laughs> That's what happens. That's what happens. So <laughs> wanna talk about your ears? Which, by the way, uh, we got we'll talk about the ear scene. This is gonna be a long episode, folks. I'm just saying we haven't even gotten through like five of the people in the- <laughs> So all right, who's next? I guess we gotta move forward because right. there there's a lot to talk okay. about here. I'm going for character actor named uh, David Zayas. Uh, Zayas, yeah, everyone will probably remember him more from Dexter uh, as being Angel, one of the uh, detectives. Unhell! Unhell, yes. He's also in Oz. Uh, I don't remember which season he turns up in, but he's in a good portion of the show, and he end- ends up becoming like the uh, the Latino drug boss in uh, in the Oz Penitentiary. So that's where I know him a little little bit more of that. And yeah, and Dexter. He's a good character actor. Every time yeah. I see him, he's pretty good. And yeah, he, he, he does a decent like job a, here too. He plays generic South American general, like coup d'etat <laughs> general, right? Yes, he <laughs> like, does. It's tremendous. And he does a great job. And I like this guy. There's even a scene where he's like just painting for no reason. <laughs> oh my god! I can't. Not only is he painting, about. he's like he's designing his own face paint for like the. What? So adorable. You know what other movie came out the same year that like has all these same tropes in it, but they're just making fun of this type of movie is MacGruber. MacGruber has the bad yeah. guy that paints and all this shit. It's so funny, but like the idea with this character, I mean, Angel from Dexter is that he is like, he's kind of, um, you know, a red herring as far as like, we think he's the bad guy, but it turns out it's not him. It's the other guy just taking pieces of the scenery and devouring them and like pooping them out right there on the screen. <laughs> it's that guy. So, um, but this Eric guy- Eric Roberts is like, did somebody say ham? <laughs> oh my God. It's so obvious. I love it. All right. Who else we got in this movie? All right. I'm going. I don't know how to pronounce her surname, so I do apologise. But her name is Giselle. Uh, uh, her surname is spelled I T I E with a little comma above the E, so it's it, I. It's E. Uh, she plays Sandra, who yeah. is uh, the daughter of David Zayas. You know what? She's the this, general's <laughs> daughter. I looked this up. <laughs> she is 20 years younger than David Zayas. So uh, I was like, "There's no way." I looked it up. Oh yeah, okay. I, all right, fine. Yeah. But, uh, yep, she's the general's daughter and, of course, the main rebel and pretty much the only rebel that we meet that <laughs> is fighting against the corrupt regime that uh, General Gaza, a.k.a. David Zayas, has uh, has made. Her character is damsel in distress, and that's it, pretty much. Yeah, but she is one of the four people acting in this movie. So yes. I have to give her credit because she's actually acting. But she's also just, like, there to be objectified and, like, be this, yes. like, love interest for Jason Jason Statham. So um, it's just funny. because Well, no, 
I take that back. She's the love interest for uh, Stallone. Stallone. It's yeah. just weird because when Jason Statham sees her, he's like, hello. And it's like, wait, that's confusing. So anyway, um, but all right, who else? We got a couple more people, right? All right. So we've got Charisma Carpenter, who is this sort of love interest for Mr. Jason Statham. Everyone knows a bit of Charisma Carpenter, don't they? She's, uh, she's Cordelia, Cordelia Chase from uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel. That's where I know her the most. Uh, I don't think I've seen her do a whole lot since, but, you know, Hey, she's got one iconic role and she'll be famous for it for the rest of her life. So that that can't be too bad, can it? You no, know, to, and uh, she has alliteration yeah. in her name. Alliteration in her name always helps. Uh, she plays a love interest for Jason Statham. Um, it's confusing because there's only two women in this whole movie. And like, you know, they kind of <laughs> don't do much. So, you know what I mean? It's confusing. But she is pretty good in her role in the like 30 seconds she's on screen. You know, she's like, oh, I, I, got, I, I don't like you anymore, but I kind of do, but I don't know what I want. And then she plays, I'm beat up. Yep. Yeah, there's, uh, yep, that's the women characters in this movie, everybody. Luke, I never uh, watched, I never watched Buffy. Never watched it. I love that movie so much. The movie is so fucking funny. Oh my god! If you not watched it recently, it is outstanding. But the yeah. TV show like tries to take that lore seriously, and I was like, <laughs> I like Firefly though, so I don't know what's wrong with me. Yeah. It's weird. Hey, just wasn't for you. All right, there's a heap <laughs> of actors mentioned, but I think I might mention maybe four more just to get them. Just because their names on the poster. Let's do but it. There is. Uh, he has a really crappy name in this movie, but he is awesome. I love him in everything I see him in. He is in Brooklyn Nine Nine. That's Terry Crews as yeah. Hail Caesar. He's not in the movie much, but he's what? fun. He's Terry Crews, and I I have to imagine like, all right, if you're thinking big like. Um, black action stars of the eras and stuff. Where's Carl Weathers, you know? Like, he could have done this. Do you think Terry Crews, no offense to Mr. Crews, but this is a trend for a lot of other actors in the movie too. Was he the first choice? Or did he was they not. Go? No. Well, he's awesome in it, so whatever. Yeah, he was the and it is... fourth choice, Luke. Fourth choice. You're kidding. Hey, would you like to guess? Uh, one of them is a rapper, and it's not DMX. Uh, 50 Cent? It is. 50 Cent was one of them. Forrest Whitaker was another. Wesley Snipes okay. was the original guy that this yeah. role was written for. Um, but yeah. uh, I don't think that you'll, you know, that's shocking to you. But I think you will be shocked no. to find out that Terry Crews has a professional wrestling career. Did you know this, Luke? <laughs> I did not. I, I'm not surprised now that you tell me because of the way he's built. He's a very <laughs> handsome, muscular man, and I charismatic too, so I can definitely see him cutting promos and, and stuff like that. So, oh my goodness. Let me tell you about this, Luke. Okay, so let's fast forward. You know, let's go back. 
to the year 1998, 1999, right around that time. You know, WCW is in its heyday, but it's also having some of its worst television shit ever. You know, the insane clown posses in WCW. <laughs> they, you know, Master, Master P. P is wrestling on WCW. They're doing crossovers with anyone who will do it. And there is yep. this show that me and my buddies fucking love. It, it actually is playing uh you know in a row there's like wcw nitro that'll come on late at night and then two other shows will come on late at night that i fucking love one of them's called roller jam and it's roller derby but the other one's called battle dome have you heard of battle dome luke do you know what this is i have no i do not okay so battle dome is basically american gladiators but like really hardcore and with like pro wrestling type people as the gladiators. So like their storylines and the, the gladiators are like a thousand times more like just evil or good, depending on what their character is. And there was a character on that show called T money. And he was one of the like gladiators, the warriors, I think is what they called him. And battle dome was one of those shows that like, if you got through the whole episode without one of the contenders getting hurt, and having to be replaced, then that was a rare episode. Like people got hurt all the time. It was really cool. fun to watch. All right. So it was a fantastic show because the physical challenges were outrageous and like just people got hurt all the time. I got, I saw like a compound fracture on that show. I saw guys get their ankle broken many times and I saw people get knocked out all the time. But there was one like <laughs> event that was like kind of like the football event. You know what I mean? And it was like, you know, you just had to get past this guy. That's like all you got to do. And one of their one of their uh, gladiator types was this guy named T-Money. And T-Money would come out and he, he had the whole gimmick where he had a, he had a uh, briefcase that was like, you know, uh, handcuffed to him. And, and the camera would zoom in on the briefcase as he uncuffs it. What's in there? We don't know. You know, we're thinking money, you know, but we don't know. And like T-Money was was fucking um, Terry Crews. So, you know, what happened is that Battledome was on the same station as Nitro, and they're doing all these crossovers. Battledome's starting to pick up some speed, and so there's a, like, you know, a storyline. Battledome, like, gladiator dudes versus WCW guys, and there's an episode of Battledome where, like, the Steiner brothers show up, and they fucking, oh you know, they're doing doing, <laughs> like, events and shit, and they just get in a brawl with them, and these guys wrestled on WCW. These, like, these uh you know battle dome guys and one of them was terry cruz so terry cruz is also a wrestler so that means that if he's also in the other expendables movies uh, then that means we have to do them you know <laughs> well let's do the last guy who's on the poster i know yes. there's a, a a willis and a schwarzenegger in this movie but let's do the last guy on the poster his name is mickey rourke who around this time was having a little bit of a mini renaissance because of a Darren Aronofsky movie called The Wrestler. Yeah, great. Uh, great I think movie. they that gave him a bit of a boost because it's it's around that time that The Wrestler came out and around this time that for some reason now he's in Iron Man. Now Mickey Rourke's in this. Now Mickey Rourke's in that. So it was almost the second coming of Mickey Rourke and I would say he's fine in this. Dare I say he might be one of the other actors in it? He showed he actually like because he's the face that it looks like it's had the most work done, but he manages to still <laughs> roll a tear and look emotional. So mad respect to that that he can uh, cry through all that plastic. So 
Uh, <laughs> Luke, his scenes are absolute garbage, and it's not his fault. Oh my it's god! E- it's either the director it's... just let him go, or the script is that bad because everything he says is nonsense. <laughs> nothing. Oh yeah. Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but nonsense with lots of heart behind it, I guess. Like he's just trying. He's in a particular of heart. He's in a movie with De Niro I quite like, which I probably should rewatch it one of these days because Angel Heart. Oh, absolutely. Uh, That's a film noir movie in in the uh, yeah. set set in like the voodoo world. It's fantastic. I love that movie. Yep. And of course, uh, there's also that other uh, movie back in the day called uh, Body Heat, which is a pretty yeah. good nine and a half weeks. Sure. He's he, he was in some uh, pretty great stuff uh, back in the eighties. He's also in a movie called Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man. <laughs> I'm telling you, Pope of Greenwich Village, fantastic All movie. Right. You got to watch that. So you, you'll hate it. So anyway, um, <laughs> there is, uh, you know, we got to get into this movie finally. And, you know, the concept of the Expendables is it's a story of this like ragtag team of like mercenaries that, um, you know, they're so badass, but they're expendable. I kind of don't understand that part of the whole thing. Like this thing is interesting, but the name of these guys doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I just think they were like, oh, sounds cool. And it would sound cool in a fart rock song. So let's fucking call it not, not only are they not expendable, but they go out of their way to save each other at multiple right. points throughout the movie. It's true. It's true. So they actually care about their lives. It's bizarre. So uh, anyway, all right. So the story of the expendables is like basically this ragtag team having some inner turmoil and overcoming it while saving the life of some lady that is important or something. So as you mentioned before, we watched different versions. You watch the uh, standard theatrical version. I watched the yeah. uh, extended director's cut. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> with this, I got the special intro by Sly Stallone. And he explains that making movies is hard. And sometimes you need a second shot at it. It's like it's great. It's in like HD super Blu-ray quality, and he's wearing this like like this like uh, polo shirt that's black, and you get this like white flecks all over it that look like you know maybe you need some head shoulders. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, yeah. So he explains that you know making movies is tough, and he's like uh, you know testing the movie on an audience. Uh, it, it gets in your head. <laughs> that's what he says, and then you make the wrong movie, and he says. This is the true vision, and it's, quote, infinitely better than the theatrical version. Infinitely, Luke! So I, I am excited to compare, um, you know, how that works between what you saw and what I saw, because I can't imagine the word infinite or better involved in this at all. Um, Luke, how did so, your movie start? That's kind of what I want to know. Okay, so the movie starts with... Uh, there's some kind of like hostage situation going down uh, somewhere. It's pirates and things like that. Okay. So and... your movie just starts, right? It just goes right yeah. into a scene, cold open. Well, my yep. movie has like this weird, like little music and it's kind of like some credits and it's like a guy on a motorcycle and he's got muscles and it's like this weird, like, I don't know what it is. It's like a music video or something. <laughs> It's very strange, but it's infinitely better than just starting the movie, right? I mean, 
Yeah, you don't want to. Are you trying to start your movie with action? Uh, yes, says Sly, and the suits are like, nah. Oh, right. Sly's like, no, you got to start with. Oh my god. But yeah, it starts off with the action, and rather than have like all of the people in your army team be at different parts of the building shooting down or a different parts, you know, to cover different angles and directions, all of them are up on the same platform. Well, like, Luke. On the roof. You pointing down. Them, you gotta fit them all in the camera shot. On screen, shots. exactly. Oh, I'm yeah. such a dumb dumb. <laughs> come, oh, come on, we're going for cool, not realism. We get true. out of Well, look, we start <laughs> on this boat, right? And it's it we see that there are Somali pirates because that was they were hot back then. You know, they were super over oh, yeah. this as heels, the Somali pirates, so we gotta use them. And they're on this ship and uh <clears throat> they're about to execute these hostages. When our ragtag team gets a drop on them from above, like you said, Sly Stallone is the leader, with Jason Statham as the new guy. T Money and uh, <laughs> my my note says Jerk Lee, <laughs> Jet Lee <laughs> are are as well on the team. And Dolph Lundgren goes into business for himself immediately, causing a huge gunfight. Um, and they kill all the pirates while cracking jokes and saving hostages. That should be their little moniker, the expandable, expendables, cracking jokes, saving hostages. Uh, <laughs> Dolph is clearly a loose cannon, and Jet Li stops Dolph from uh, hanging a dude, um, you know, and we get a Mexican yeah. standoff between the team. But Dolph has this, like, really sweet Bowie knife. What did you think about that knife that he had? Well, uh, being Australian, uh, we we approve because uh, you know everybody else, you know some of the knives Jason Statham was holding. Dan, that's not a knife. <laughs> I fucking won it. Wow, I fed <laughs> with the one that Dolph had. That I, that's a I, knife. I, I fed you and you you nailed me. Good job, man. Well, I have an interesting story about that knife. So um, I saw that knife and I was like, holy shit, that's a Gil Hibben knife. I knew immediately. All right. There's this guy named Gil Hibben, right? And he designs fantasy knives. And he has, like, the best gig in the world. He, like, makes a knife every once in a while for Sylvester Stallone. That's, <laughs> like, his whole life. And so he made the knives for Cobra. If you remember that Sylvester Stallone yeah. movie, it has this really crazy, like, kind of, like, axe-looking thing. And so he made that. So Sylvester Stallone's like, wait, well, you're making my knives for all my movies from that, huh? And uh, so he made <laughs> he made like the Rambo knives and shit, you know, and he made all kinds of stuff. But, <clears throat> you know, I know this guy because when I was a kid, <laughs> I was a massive fan of fixed blade knives. I loved them. I was obsessed. And I would just go to knife shows and I would hang out at a knife store at our local mall. We had a knife store called a Cutlery World at our local mall. And I would hang out there, Luke. This is before I discovered guitar. So um, I was like hanging out there one day and there's this dude there and he's got like white hair. He looks kind of like uh, Colonel Sanders, but without the suit and he's hanging out and he's got these like wacky looking knives. And I'm like, hanging. I, I was just talking to him. What do you think about this knife, that knife? And we're just talking and stuff. And he's like, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm Gil Hibben. And he shakes my hand and he starts telling me about, you know, hanging out with Sylvester Stallone and making knives for him. And it was a great conversation. So I met the guy like that, that made that knife and I immediately recognized it because he has a specific style. I just thought that was really funny because I was watching this and I'm like, hey, I fucking met the guy that made that knife. Wow. 
I bet you'd like to meet the Undertaker backstage too. No, he likes folding <laughs> knives. You you can't put. Oh, a, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Folders is different, and like you can't really. I don't know if you know this, but like there's a law in the knife world that if you like fix blades, you can't put like a I don't know what do you call that like a a rebel flag on the handle of that, but you can put it on a folder, and that's what the Undertaker likes. So the same. What do you think of the action in this opening scene, Luke? Uh, it's fine. My favorite part of it is when uh, <laughs> Dolph shoots a gun. He's supposed to shoot him in the head. He shoots him in the midsection. That guy just totally explodes. And he's like, oh, too low. <laughs> and yes, it's like, there's... what are you doing using bullets like that when there's hostages down there? But yeah, they, look cool. <laughs> they don't seem concerned. Like, like the they're not the expendables. You know, everybody else is, I guess. <laughs> way it works you know because they they don't seem concerned with other people's lives although they're there to save them but they're there to get paid that's the thing they're mercenaries you know so oh that was wild so then we see that they are on a plane and this plane is not just any plane luke it's a sea plane the plane that you can land in water you're not gonna believe this yep. when i was a kid well my my uncle is a pilot he met the guy who made planes for Sylvester Stallone. Sort of, sort of. So he, my uncle, uh, was a pilot when I was a kid, and like he was one of those like '80s like Wall Street type dudes, you know, that traded stocks and like had money, and he, he like had all kinds of '80s type shit, big like you know cool stuff. Like he had an Audi with heated seats in like the '80s, you know. <laughs> so this guy was something else, but he's a piece of shit. But when I was a kid, he had a seaplane, still owns a seaplane. Somehow he's still alive. It's crazy. And he used to land the fucking seaplane in the river right by where I live and just pick us up <laughs> flying around on fucking seaplane. Seaplanes are awesome. So I was marking out for the seaplane is what I'm trying to say. That the expendables fly around in the seaplane. I was like high-fiving myself. I couldn't believe it. What you think of this? There movie? are definitely some cool things in this movie. I would be remiss if I didn't admit that. Uh, and one of them is definitely that airplane. It's, it does look pretty cool. It's a seaplane! Oh, sorry, the seaplane, right. You can land at the river, but it's a seaplane, okay? That's what you call it. So I, I love that. That made me it's so It's a saltwater plane, not a freshwater plane. <laughs> it, can, it can handle any water that you can throw at it. So... <laughs> <laughs> And basically, here's what happens here is that we're on the seaplane and like Dolph, uh, I'm going to call him Dolph Ziggler at one point, but Dolph uh, Lundgren is in the brig. They've tied him up, you know, because of his shenanigans going to business for himself, causing all this death. And uh, he gives his knife to Jason Statham. Now, the um, chain of possession of this knife is extremely questionable. In fact, if you wanted to like just break down what's wrong with this movie just try to follow the chain of possession of this knife because this knife keeps showing up all over the place in the movie and no one ever gives it to each other except for one time and it's like but that guy already had it what are you doing? So... oh my goodness i do know that that knife might turn into a bit of cgi near the end as well oh it does it's it's out <laughs> from someone's chest and it starts kind of like floats <laughs> around. Um, so we get our opening credits montage uh, with fart yep. rock all over it, man. Luke, what'd you think of the fart rock? Uh, the opening credits for me are not there. The opening really? credits for me 
are right at the very start with the, the motorbike and the names coming up on the screen. And then it'll cut to the hostage situation and after the so, hostage situation and so the airplane. So you just lied to me earlier? So earlier you lied, yeah, is that what you're saying? I didn't lie. I've, I put the movie on the TV and just a little quick refresher because after this with the airplane, we cut to, we got to show Jason Statham being the coolest, coolest of cool dudes with these, these hot lady friend. Okay. Uh, well, Carpenter. I get a credit scene. That's really funny because it's like this montage of them sleeping on the plane. <laughs> oh, that actually sounds quite fun. It's far version. It's like, you know, go, 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 we are the expandables. And it's like them just sleeping on the plane. Expandables. <laughs> it's it's infin yeah. infinitely better than the version you watch, Luke. So, um, <laughs> but, uh, so Statham arrives, arrives at his lady friend's house, like you mentioned, and uh, he's there to propose marriage to her, but he's been gone for a month and she thinks he's dead. So she's like, I'm fucking somebody else. What's the problem? And, and she has company and Statham's heart is broken to a thousand pieces. Um, and I think it's really funny because like the best, like the, there's two actors in this movie that have been in many things. And then there's this guy that's barely in this movie, but is fantastic. The guy that plays the heel boyfriend, it's you just yeah. look at him and you're like, fuck you. It's awesome. What a douchebag. Straight away, you want to punch him in the face. That guy's fantastic. I love him. So basically, he is the uh, you know new boyfriend of uh, Jason Statham's actual girlfriend that just thought he was dead. Because it turns out he doesn't communicate with her, but she doesn't know what his job is. Ooh, very mysterious. What'd you think of the scene? I thought it was real bad. Yeah, I thought it was awful. It's it's like, come on, man, you got to act like Jason Statham and you're giving him some ham like this? Come on. It, it's felt like very cliche, easy to do kind of B-grade setup. Yeah, you know, it's like, uh, yeah, it was it was pretty bad. And the next, next scene is, for me, I don't know if it's the next scene for you, is also really bad because it's the first scene where Stallone and I think uh, I think Statham's with him as well. They all go to the, the tattoo parlor that is yes. run by none, none by other Rourke. than yeah. Tool. <laughs> His name's Tool. Yeah, Mickey Rock also has a dumb name. It's Tool. Yeah, and he is a tattoo artist and paints guitars and his free time and talks just says nothing he talks forever and says nothing in like every scene he's in so uh mickey Rourke shows up and uh he's on a hog with a lady on the back and he's there to oh. finish he's there to finish this tattoo for sliced alone and he literally does it in 45 seconds like i timed it <laughs> it's like how how is that okay they're old war buddies i guess uh you know mickey Rourke used to be on the Expendables, but he found out that he wasn't Expendable anymore or something. And Jason Statham shows up, as you <laughs> mentioned, and Mickey Rourke is pretty funny here, but, you know, he's like, I guess some kind of, like, agent to help the ragtag team, like, find jobs. And so that's kind of yeah. where we're headed here. Now, <clears throat> there's a scene coming up that is kind of the scene from the movie, but first, we have to meet Angel from Dexter, who plays the hilariously named General Garza. <laughs> Like how, like, that's the most generic South American general name you can possibly think of. General Garza. 
And General Garza, <laughs> he's a South American coup d'etat military leader. And he's hanging out, and Eric Roberts shows up with Stone Cold Steve Austin, and some ex executions happen, basically. And then we get the scene. Now, Luke, <clears throat> I walked into this movie when I saw it in the theater, and I did not know that, like, this scene was going to happen. Apparently, it was in the trailer, but it, I had avoided the trailer or something. I just think at that point, I didn't even have cable, and I wasn't really paying any attention to what was going on. I just knew this, this movie had a bunch of people I liked in it. So I had no idea that Arnold Schwarzenegger was in this movie. So tell me about right. the scene in the church and um, – you know, this is one of the, the scenes from the movie, right? This is the scene. Yeah. Hey, wh what do you want in a movie featuring Bruce Willis, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Sly Stallone? Uh, lots of people getting killed and awesome action. What do you get? Well, you get pretty much what you'd expect to get in a standard shitty Bruce Willis movie. And that's the three of them just talk for a couple minutes and that's it. But... All right, so it's in a church, and Bruce Willis is obviously some kind of shady CIA kind of dude. He won't tell him his real name. He's just like, oh, just call me Mr. Church. And then he's and he's talking. Yeah, very creative, isn't it? That's about as creative as he I He says, Where, you're meeting me in a church, so just call me Mr. Church. We're all right. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't meet at a Chuck E. Cheese. So... <laughs> Call me Charles Entertainment Cheese. <laughs> so him and Barney having a bit of a conversation and the doors open and out walks Trench Mauser. And it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Trench Mauser! What? And, and his whole thing is he is a rival. He has, he has a rival mercenary group. And as soon as he finds out what this job is, he's like, uh, no, no, thank you. And then, uh, then apparently this line is ad-libbed. Uh, if sometimes if you hover over Amazon Prime when you go to pause it or something like that, it'll come up with trivia and things. Uh, that's right. I'm pretty sure the line "Are you two gonna suck each other's dicks or something?" that Bruce says uh, is like a ad-lib. So very creative there, Mr. Willis. There's lots of like innuendos and lots of like uncreative mentions of like what both Stallone and Schwarzenegger are doing now and old references to things they've done. And it's, it feels like a scene that was written after the movie was made kind of. Yeah. It also feels like a scene that was like 30 minutes long and they cut it down to like 30 seconds because yeah. I mean, the, it is so choppy and like the editing in this movie during any scene where there's like dialogue that's supposed to be meaningful, it's fucked. And it's so fucked. It's like worse than those comedies that nowadays they have where, you know, the two people are clearly not even in the room and reacting to each other, but it's just shot over their, their shoulder. So, oh yeah, it's clearly them, you know? I mean, that's kind of how this whole scene is. It seems like, Yes, there are a couple scenes, you know, actual shots where you see them all in the same frame. But if you told me they weren't even the same room when they filmed this, I'd believe you because that's how it feels. And it's like these guys show up to get a payday. Arnold is doing Arnold. Like he shows up, he's smoking his cigar. He's like, oh, you motherfuckers, you know, and he's great. But Bruce Willis, 
Luke, let's talk about Persona. Oh so, um, you know, you are the uh, owner and proprietor of LSJ's Reviews, and you yes. have uh, for quite some time, you know, probably, you know, you're kind of the expert on shitty Bruce Willis movies. And uh, this might be the first shitty Bruce Willis movie. What are your thoughts? And tell me about Bruce Willis, you know, and his involvement here in The Expendables. All right, so we're probably not going to cover all three of these movies, so I'll tell you a quick story revolving uh, movie number three, and uh, this is the kind of individual that we're talking about here. So if anyone starts telling, giving you that old thing of, oh, Bruce is only doing these movies now, he's got a bit of dementia, he might have something wrong with him, that's why he has earpiece in to feed him his lines, all this kind of stuff. Uh, no, he was doing these movies She's been doing these movies off and on for over a decade now, and yeah, and these I reckon these movies gave him the idea. You want to do a weekend's work, get a million bucks? Yeah, sure. So, uh, you know, Sly gets on the phone, rings up Bruce Willis. He's like, "Oi, we're making uh, making Expendables three, two million dollars." The prices vary from report to report of this story, but the story is true. Hey, uh, hey, Bruce. We're filming Expendables 3. How about our weekend's work? $2 million. <laughs> to which Bruce Willis says, make it three. So Sly calls him oh greedy and lazy. God! So Sly calls him greedy and lazy, hangs up the phone, and then rings up Harrison Ford. And he's like, hey, Harrison, you want to you wanna earn like a... $2 million for two days' work? And Harrison's like, fuck yeah, sign me up. So that's why Mr. Nope, Church is not in Expendables 3, and it's Harrison Ford, because Bruce wanted that extra million. And wow. Bruce's career from around this period to now, yes, there are a couple of big-budget, proper movie movies that are mixed in here, like you've got Looper, Looper and Rolls. Red. Yep. You see, Red you've got also a few. exists. Yes. <laughs> so if you've got a, uh, there's also what uh, glass, which uh, also sucked. But I like that. No, I like that one. I like Unbreakable. Those are those are decent. They're not bad. I, I like Unbreakable and Split. Not too keen on the last one, but it's fine. It's it, I'm glad. I'm still glad I watched it. But yes, apart from those rare exceptions, most of the movies Bruce Willis is making, he's in it for 15 minutes or less. He's pretty much in one or two rooms. He's always either got a dead wife or his wife will die. If he's a cop, there's a 50-50 chance he's corrupt. Uh, <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, all these kinds of things. But now he gets paid like one or two million dollars a pop, like for all of these. So if, so if you see that, oh, Luke, you did... 11 Bruce Willis movie reviews last year. That's a depressing a lot. That's a depressing amount of money for. It depresses me that he makes all of that money for so little work for shit movies. At least Expendables is the fun shit. You can turn it on. You know it's going to be shit, but you're going to have a good time. You're going to have a few laughs. These movies are generally bereft of laughs, creativity, <laughs> and interest. <laughs> uh this uh scene is terrible and i it, i can't stand it it's awful and even in it this is. extended version even the infinitely better version luke is bad and um you know as you mentioned bruce willis he is so 
you know, taking this acting career so seriously that not only is he getting a million dollars just to show up, he's getting a million dollars to to fucking you know workshop phrases like "Let's stop jerking each other off." You know, so I mean, that's how seriously he's taking this. <clears throat> so oh my you God. This. Yeah, I I gotta say though. When I watched this in the theater, I fucking marked out because I love Arnold Schwarzenegger. I love him. Yeah. He's amazing. He can do no wrong. Like, to me, I love everything he's done. I love every movie he's in. I'm saving Maggie. Everyone says that's great, and I haven't watched it because I just am saving it. But he has done a lot of those shitty Bruce Willis movies. But the problem, you know, the, the thing that makes him different is that he makes good movies every once in a while, and he's got that tie to the franchise that has never stopped. Like Die Hard stopped eventually, right? But Terminator yep. hasn't. And so because Terminator hasn't, uh, you know, and the whole, you know, gubernatorial run, I think that's made him relevant over the years and kept him relevant. Plus, I think he's just more of a likable dude, you know? Yeah, I I do. In fact, out of the three of them, he might be the one I'd enjoy having a beer with the most. But yeah, it's funny to me though, Mr. Andy, that Bruce Willis gets fired from the Expendables 3, but what is born from the Expendables for Bruce is this idea that I can just turn up for a weekend and just get <laughs> yes, fucking paid. He's like, sweet. What's that? I can yeah. literally phone my performance in. Sounds good to me. Oh, it's awesome. All right, so back to the Expendables. Uh, Dolph shows up uh, to beg his way into the job. Like he wants to get in on this job and he gets denied by Sly and you get the feeling. Yep. But this ain't over, you know. So uh, we get this joke um, with that continually happens where Jet Li's like, I have family. I want the more of the money <sighs> to have so I can be the more money. I don't understand. And I'm assuming this this is a question or a joke, a recurring joke that isn't funny that gets, uh, you know, brought up later. I'm assuming there's some like payoff in, in uh, Expendables 4 where he shows up and it, you know, they eventually have a mission in China and they show up. It turns out he has 300 children or something like that. Oh, it's so funny. It's not. But um, it so, doesn't lead anywhere because no. at, near the end of the movie, he's like, I don't even oh, I don't know why I did the accent. I do apologize. I don't even have a family. And Sly's like, yeah, I know. Well, what? What is that? I, I don't. Yeah. And, and like those scenes with him in him in particular. They chop his lines up so much. I mean, this movie is cut to hell and back. It's like the first time this uh, editor, you know, had worked with digital film, you know, was like, oh, I can make a cut anywhere. I can make a million cuts if I want, you know, <laughs> just they're like, like, the, like they comes just to chop talking scenes. Yeah, he comes any... to talking scenes with the same energy that he does with the action scenes. Yes. Like, no. Well, but yes, you're right. Where any dead space is against the law. So, you know, these <laughs> conversations are bizarre sounding. They sound bizarre. And it's like you're getting a headache from just watching the camera fly all over the place where they're just talking in a car. It's like, yes. what the fuck is happening? So, oh my God. So that's the thing that happens. So, all right, Jason Statham and Sly Stallone fly to the island to scout the job, and they have some adventures, and this is kind of fun here. So, um, you know, <laughs> there is, I, I did notice something here, especially uh, Sylvester Stallone, that without um, subtitles, there's no fucking way I would have understood his dialogue at any point, because he's like, I, you want to do the thing? I'm over here. Sam 
I'm like, him. you're, you're the you director. Saying? Yeah, you're the director slash, in quotation marks, writer of this movie. Yeah, because he stole it. Uh, <laughs> he did. <laughs> and, Allegedly. And it's obvious you've done some work in preparation for this movie because he's, well, buff as hell. And I think his veins have muscles on them too. <laughs> and yet, every time the camera's on him and he's got to act, he's like, my face can't move. <laughs> What'd you say? My face can move. My face can move. <laughs> can you enunciate more? I. That's it. You know, that would be my direction for him. Just enunciate. They speak slower. I wonder if I wonder if if you had ever gotten into foreign languages and you went to the foreign language uh, shop, you would have met someone who claimed to be Slice Stallone's translator or something, because maybe he has one on set. (laughs) What do you say? I believe Mr. Stallone said he can't move his face. Oh, okay, thank you. I believe Mr. Stallone said those are not his anabolic steroids. <laughs> he has never touched HGH, I believe is what he just said. So, um, yes, the uh, we'll talk about plastic surgery a little later. So, um, anyway, <laughs> he's just mumbling through these scenes. But these scenes are fun. They, like, come to this place and, like, the army immediately shows up and starts, like, beating people up. And they're like, what the fuck? And they're this funny scene where they're trying to get into the country and their cover is their conserva- conservational like folks with like a global wildlife they're to take pictures of exotic birds and they have the worst chemistry ever it's terrible yep. so the scene is awful but it's awful in a really funny way because of what ends up happening <laughs> it's amazing so it turns out also that they have a stowaway on the plane it's Dolph and he's got a what? gun now you did Are not you get serious? that. You didn't get that, did you? <laughs> no. That makes sense how he gets there now. Yeah, yeah. I I uh, had heard, in fact, that the uh, re- the theatrical cut did not, you know, let people know that Dolph had, uh, you know, been the stowaway. Because remember, at the beginning, he was like, "Hey, I want to go," and they're like, "Fuck you! You just fucked us over on this last one." And so. They, you know, the two guys go together without him, but there's just like this little mini scene where he just walks out of the plane. And he's got a gun. So it might have been from another scene that they shot that Sly was like, he's like the editor hey, sitting there, right? The editor sitting there and he's like, I a dolphin, bro. and the editor's like, I'm sorry. And he goes, I it's like, and the it's like, editor's like um... I'm really sorry. I'm having a problem understanding. He's yeah. like, hold on, let me give a translator. So the translator said, I'm sorry, what <laughs> what Mr. Salone is saying is he'd like to take this scene and put it over there. This one right here. Yes, that's the one he's saying. Yes. Yeah. It, it's like when um, Pentagon talks in Spanish and then he got, he's got his uh, henchman guy, Alex Abrahantes, to kind of translate that, except only one person can kind of understand what Stallone's really saying. So, uh, and that, that, why that translator, he must get paid millions of dollars every year. That's what his name is. Yeah. I know his name is. It's Gil, Gil Hibben. And he makes knives (laughs) for him too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy. Dolph scene. I'm so disappointed at that. So they're on the island and they're doing the things and whatever. And, um, you know, there's the second they arrive, right? 
Stone Cold and Eric Roberts show up in this Jeep with a bunch of, like, you know, people, uh, what do you call them? Uh, soldiers, that's what they're called. And they just terrorize the locals. <laughs> He's beating them up for no reason. They literally pull yep. up to the port, get out, just start beating people up, and they get right back in their car and leave, which is outstanding. So uh, that is one of the funniest things ever. It's really weird. And they walk into a cantina to meet their contact. And they're like, oh, it must be some grizzled dude, right? Of course. No. Vince uh, Russo booked this uh, movie, and it turns out it's a hot chick, and her name's Sandra. Whoa. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So she drives them to the palace. Uh, Palace is one of these set pieces and uh, explains that there is some bullshit going on on the island, right? Did you understand what was going on on the island from what she said? Uh, I don't know, like they're doing drugs, like there's a drug operation, or they're, they're oppressing the. Not really. It's just your standard, like, <laughs> we're, we're oppressed and stuff, and there's right. drugs and things. It's like they got out and yelled at some people. That's yeah. all they've done so far. We know Eric Roberts killed a bunch of people. We saw that earlier, but we don't know who they are. <laughs> so. Oh my God! So then we get our first Eric Roberts bad guy speech scene of the That's movie, so and he's—it's amazing. And he's trying to grow cocaine throughout like a cocaine field. And Angel from Dexter is behind schedule, and there's like friction there because he's just like talking shit to Angel, and Angel's like, "Listen, man, you probably shouldn't talk shit like that to me in front of all my bros. What the fuck?" And Eric yeah. Roberts is like, "Well, how about I just pull my pants down and fuck you? How about that?" <laughs> It's amazing. <laughs> I love Eric Roberts in this movie. Tell me 100%. about this like stuff that he's doing. Dude, isn't he even like cliched sipping like a cup of coffee or tea or something and shit too? And he's just, just walking around surveying this giant and big brass balls. Like he's there with maybe a couple henchmen of his or something and completely surrounded by uh, Gaza and all his men. And he's just like, if I could light, bitch. Where's my drugs? And, he's, and the leader of this country is just like, you shouldn't speak to me like that. And he's pretty much just like, yeah, zip. you can just what? suck that because uh, I, I'm, I'm, I, I know what's, the, I know the best, because I'm, I'm the best of the best. Uh, but, uh, hey, hey, watch it. Well, okay, so I mean, Eric Roberts' distribution. Yeah. They don't ever say it, but that's what he is. He's distribution to the United States, all right? He's an ex-CIA agent or something like that. And so, uh, or, you know, something along those lines, and he's businessman, whatever. And and But they never say it, that Garza's like, well, I need him. They never say why he needs him. He's just is like, I'm this guy's bitch for no reason, and I don't like it. <laughs> it's like, what is Eric Roberts doing for him? except driving around and yelling at people. It doesn't make any sense. And the, and it's so funny that the whole army is intimidated by Stone Cold alone. Yeah. Stone Cold's like, you ever, you ever feel stunner, brother? You don't want to feel that. You know, it's, it is <laughs> really silly. So I love that. All right, so it turns out here that Bruce Willis is a CIA agent, and they're there to kill Eric Roberts, the uh, you know ragtag team that is known as the Expendables. And they say no to the job. So, you know, I mean, we have to have the hero's journey, right, Luke? I mean, yes, you know, the hero has to reject the call. Speaking of drugs, speaking of drugs, I do believe there's also a line in this movie where Stallone says to Dolph, no, you can't be the team you're using. 
I'm like, I've never seen him use drugs, and he never looks high to me. Like, unless there's in your uh, better, more immaculate, wonderful edition, uh, I'd never saw Dolph use drugs in this. Maybe you have a drink no. or a smoke or something, but no. I don't think no, so. But he's no working with the drug people that do the that have them. So, yeah. So there's I mean, an action set piece. They escape the island, as you said, but then they're like, you know what? That job's too hard. Fuck that job. Yeah. But. But. So I'm missing. Yeah. We're missing a scene here, Luke, and I, I'm very upset. Like, where? What's going on here? So that's not how they leave the island. No. Like where? Yeah. Like where am I? There's it's a big action set piece. Yeah. What happens is they they go to look at something. And then for some reason, like, these troops surround them and all this kind of stuff. And and then uh, action ensues. They kill all those soldiers and they're like, run, let's go. And they get in the car and they start driving away. Yes. And oh, like, when they yes. start driving away, no one's chasing them. They just no, kill a whole bunch no. of people in the middle of oh, nowhere. Oh, my God. This car chase scene, Luke. Oh, my God. It's incredible. They're running from no one. And the yeah. – uh, and and the the people that are chasing them are chasing no one. So it is fucking amazing. I love it so much. So it's basically, the worst car chase ever. It's, it's so terrible. Stupid. They the cars are never in the same shot. So mm. it's just basically like you know, imagine a shot of me just running down a hallway, and then imagine a shot of Luke running down a different hallway. That's what this is. <laughs> it's yep. just, but Luke's chasing me? No, that doesn't work at all. They're heading different directions. It is <laughs> nonsense. This is like the worst car chase scene of all time. It is real bad. I, I don't like it. Um, you know, but <laughs> so Statham, what what like I'm I'm just we're missing this part where like I'm really confused. Uh because okay, I see. I just skipped a bunch of notes. That's what happened here. All right, he gives us bad case. Okay, so I don't even know what to say about like the chemistry between Jason Statham and Sylvester Sloan. It's bizarre, it's not good. Uh Sandra and Sly are having a moment when the army arrives, right? Out of nowhere. I don't know how they know they are there. Meaning, who the fuck are they? The Americans, they keep call th calling them. Which Jason yeah. Statham is not American. No, and I bet, you, I bet you a bunch of those other guys aren't American either. But they keep calling them the Americans. Just some other generic, like, shorthand bullshit that should have just stayed in the script. And or in the notes to the script before it became one. But, you know, <laughs> it's like, so, Sandra and Sly, you know, they're having this moment. Arby arrives. And Statham just fucks them up. There are like 20 soldiers with machine guns and Statham and, <laughs> and Sly Stallone with no actual firearms kill these guys. <laughs> All of them. No problem. Yep. Just think of that. Well, that's a standard thing in lots of movies, so I'm not going to at least shit on this movie for doing that because it's not the first, but they're, they're, they're weaponless. Soon they get weapons and then and then. Also, there's this whole story between him and Sly. I'm like, knives are faster. And I'm like, no, they're not. Right. Stallone's like, bullets are faster. I'm like, yeah, they are. That, like, that's a fact. Like, I'll give you a two-second head start with that knife. Boom. I win. Like, <laughs> get the fuck out of here, Statham. Uh, he, the, the whole thing should have been knives are quieter or something. I don't know. But he gets to use all his he, – he, he gets to take a knife off someone, throw it. He gets to save Sandra. But, oh, on the other side of the, the door of the car or the truck, 
oh, he's always about to get shot, but Stallone shoots that guy. And rather than be like, oh, shit, thanks, Barney, man, I almost died. He turns around and he's like, are you crazy? You almost shot me. Like, okay. Yeah, it's... It's real bad, but it's kind of fun Mm -hmm. because it's very silly. And, um, you know, as I mentioned, this movie is even made silly. And that's kind of one of these scenes where it this is just absolutely silly. And this is where a weird chasing uh, takes place that I was talking about. That I couldn't figure yep. out where it was at, you know, where they're chasing each other and they're just hurrying to places, the different places. Basically, it'd be so <laughs> funny if they eventually just showed up like like one of them showed up to the donut shop and the other one just like went home. <laughs> I love it. I think it was so great. So uh, but <laughs> it's pretty funny, but they barely get away on the seaplane. But Sandra can't leave. She's like, I can't do it because there's this weird plot point that's in there that you can't possibly guess. There's no way you could guess it that uh, is going to come up later. That's why I can't leave. So a sly yeah. legit jumps on to the side of the plane as it's taking off and people are like shooting at him. It's out of it's just, it's ridiculous. And so they're getting ready to leave. And they're like, fuck it. We're out of here. We made it. We, we thank God the heroes have escaped. But they're like, oh, wait a second. We're not like that kind of baby face. We're like the heel kind of baby face. So they, they just turn the plane around. And tell me what Jason Statham and Sly Stallone do to the people that had just been shooting at them, Luke. Well, Jason Statham gets into the very super, super front of the plane, <laughs> into, the, into this gunner position. Mind you, the gunner position has like, well, it's completely open air. <laughs> no so protection. It's not no a protection real at all. Position. Yeah, wouldn't you put like a, gunner. wouldn't you put like something over the top so he doesn't fucking, you know, fall out of the plane or something? No, no, no. Man, that, okay, fine. But he's manning the gunner position. Stallone does a loop to loop. He flies all the way around the island. He must have because that's the only way you could have done this. He flies all the way around the other side of the island comes back to the uh, pier where they took off and where the soldiers still are, aims the plane kind of at an angle so Jason Statham go <laughs> and shoot all the freaking soldiers and stuff. And then as they pass, Stallone presses a button that dumps all, like, uh, petrol or well, gas or whatever onto the onto the pier. And then, and then Jason Statham turns around Whilst he's still in the gunner position, by the way, a lot of flexibility in that that spot, shoots a flare gun at the pier and it explodes. And then they fly away. We're not taking this mission, but you know what? They're not allowed to have a fucking boat boat no. dock here anymore. <laughs> so Eric Roberts got out and yelled at some people. We're like, oh, he's a bad guy. We saw him kill some people earlier, but we don't know who they were. You know, and but all we've seen him do to the locals is get out and yell at them. Fucking Sly Stallone just killed their whole infrastructure, you know. But he's the good guy. It's fine. <laughs> what is this? Is outrageous. But it's also Hope they didn't rely on shipping. It's it's well they they might fish they might fish a little too, you know. Um, this is one of the best scenes in the movie. It's outrageous and it's so fucking awesome because yeah. one of the best parts is you're like watching all this happen. You're like, wait a second, the bad guys were on that pier. <laughs> All of a sudden, there's a scene where, like, Eric Roberts and his stunt double, you know, and and uh, Stone Cold just jump off of the pier into the ocean where, you know, in an action movie, once you jump in the ocean, you're invincible. So, you yeah. know, you can, no one can find you and nothing can hit you. 
So they jump in there, they're good to go, action movie rules, and, and they, they survive the attack. So we, we move on to uh, Eric Roberts giving a bad guy speech, and we learn that Sandra has a plot point, and that plot point is that she is Angel from Dexter's daughter. And Whoa! I know, she's the general's daughter, what? Oh, that's a movie that is a thing. So Dolph has turned heel as well, and he works for Eric Roberts, but Stone Cold wants to kill him. So it's like friction. You know, the heels, as we know, evil always turns on evil, you know, but uh, good is always loses because good is dumb. Um, so it turns out this is where we find out that Bruce Willis is the CIA agent, and they there are the job was to kill Eric Roberts. Sorry, I skipped this earlier. And the expendables say no to the job. So this is when we finally get the whole thing where Jason Statham goes back to find his girlfriend and she's been beaten by that heel that she's, <laughs> she's dating. And he shows up, Jason Statham, puts that girl on his, mo- his crotch rocket, excuse me, and they ride to the local basketball like, uh, you know, place outside. And tell me about this scene where Jason Statham just kills, like, beats up a bunch of dudes and beats them near to death when they did nothing to him. <laughs> so, like, if he had just gone and just, like, thumped um woman beater in the face, I think everyone watching the movie and maybe his, some of his friends would have been like, you know what? Yep, that seems about right. Cop that. You deserve that, you piece of shit. Instead, his friends are just like, uh, let's we'll fuck him up with you and stuff. And and then of course, like Statham, he's like, hey, don't hit women and stuff. And he's like, I'm done with this bitch anyway. So Statham just fucking beats the shit out of all of them. <laughs> and you feel like there are some moves that he's gonna do where it's just like, oh, he's gonna kill this guy. But oh no, he held back because they're not actually really mean bad guys. They're just they, douchebags. They, they also didn't attack him. They said, hey, don't no. beat up my friend. That's basically yeah. One of them reached out a hand to kind of be like, hey, man, slow your roll. Next thing you know, he, he's getting his arm broken and fucking flipped over and shit. He it's, beats the shit out of him. Yeah. And, and the, like, he, he thinks he has the moral high ground over the girlfriend as well because yes. she, she should have waited and, and because he's worth it. What the fuck is this scene? This is like one of the most morally confusing scenes in the world. And if you have the morals that align with this scene fuck you okay like what is like, happening and i guess this is a good place to mention it as cheesy bad and entertaining as this movie can be um i can't unless you're a lady who likes this kind of thing which is awesome i'm glad this is sexist as fuck in almost Big every time. time they bring up women Every single time a woman is on screen or they bring up a woman, there's something there that's sexist. And it's 2010, so not that long ago. And you just think yourself, really? Like, I know you're doing a big boys club movie, but you can kind of do that without. Well, Luke, even in this next scene, Mickey Rourke and Sly Stallone, they're lamenting the Sondra situation. But even then, Mickey Rourke, like, like Sly's like, what happened to your girlfriend? He's like, oh, well, you know, <laughs> it's 
ridiculous. It's ridiculous. She wanted to jump off a bridge, so I let her, and I regret right. it every day. Oh, that's a different woman. That's a different woman that oh he's rambling God. about. I'm talking about the woman from the beginning. He shows up on the, like on the bike with this woman, and she's like a hot blonde. Uh, you know, smacks her ass at the same so Right. And so yeah, Sylvester yeah. is asking, he's like, what happened to her? And he's like, well, you know, boys will be boys, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> This is really funny. And then that's when he starts rambling about this one time he was high and he didn't save a lady's life. It's real bad. Real bad. What is but this, Luke? It's it's them trying to be like, all right, well, the Expendables told uh, have told Mr. Church to, well, suck it. But we really need them to go back over there to the island because otherwise there's like there's just like no point. I mean, mind you, this whole scene's pointless because they come after them anyway, which gives them enough reason to go back over there and get revenge, whatever. But anyway, he's got to give him give Stallone this whole kind of pep talk sob story to make him go, oh, go back. oh no, sorry, what? Uh, Barney <laughs> says he's got to go back to the island now. Oh, okay, cool. So that's that's that whole situation, but yeah, it's it's just really weirdly done. Eric Roberts captures Sandra, and he says all this bad guy stuff to her and stuff, and then we get this like scene, Luke, and oh my god. So you mentioned the issue with Stone Cold, um, yeah. That you know he is a, a known woman beater. I don't know what you call that kind of person. That's not good, but that's who he is. So in this movie, we have a plot point where Eric Roberts explains that a real man would never hit a woman, right? But Stone Cold doesn't have that moral dilemma. <laughs> and he punches this woman in the face, and then they waterboard her to find yep. out what the Americans want. Yeah, and I don't think she tells them jack shit, and all they want is like, well, you guys dead. But, uh... <laughs> yeah, you, just, you just see, like... Like I, I think like you just see that really dark look on Stone Cold's face when Eric's just like, uh, <laughs> my boy likes doing this stuff, and Outrageous. I'm just I'm just grabbing my collar and pulling it, going, I don't think yeah, exactly, yikes, it, <laughs> it is insane. And and Luke, I have some news for you, and I hate to tell folks this because, but I'm pretty sure. This is supposed to be like some kind of like sexy scene here because she's got like, you know, a white bra on and they're like pouring water all over her chest and stuff. I, this is Dude, like a don't, scary, don't you like yuck. wet t shirt waterboarding? This <laughs> is gross. This scene is fucked. And I feel terrible for the stunt double or whoever had to do that because, good lord. It is awful. <laughs> Holy fucking shit. So that happens. Now, I have a question for you, Luke, because this is be going to become a plot point later. Um, yeah. Or at least maybe the uh, infinitely better version is all fucked up and weird and doesn't make any sense structurally. Because I, in my version, Angel from Dexter interrupts this and his troops kind of take possession of Sandra. What happens at the end of the waterboarding scene for you? Um, I'm pretty sure it just cuts from her being okay. waterboarded straight to uh, all the Expendables having a chit-chat at their base in America. 
Okay. I because there's a scene later on in the movie where Gaz is like, uh, where's my daughter? Uh, bring her here right. now. Yeah, I was going to talk about that later. So that scene that you just mentioned, which doesn't make any sense, that that's a continuity gap. Well, it is, but it's infinitely better. So. Oh, infinitely. Um, <laughs> I've never done slight impressions. They're fun. I don't know if I could do it any very good, but uh, it's fun. But yes, uh, from there, we go straight to them, like, all talking, and then Barney's like, I'm gonna go. And then for some reason, Jet Li's like, I will come with you, which he has to, because any scene that involves what might be an action scene with Dolph Lundgren has to involve Jet Li in this movie for some reason. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. They, like, basically, they have this, like, weird, awkward scene where Sly says that he's going back to save Sandra. But they can't go. And so they're going to be hit. And, uh, but Jet Li's like, yeah, I'm going to go anyway, like you said. But we see that Dolph is following them. And uh, there's this, like, drive-by on them. And now mm. it's this outrageous car chase shootout, which is a pretty fun scene. This is ridiculous because it's just, it's just an outrageous car chase shootout. I don't know how else to put it. But, um. Dolph kills the people that are with him. Like, it's weird because <laughs> it's so bad. there's all this missing stuff, you know, the missing, you know, connective tissue, as Chris Charles would call it on, on New Japan. But the, 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 the scene we're missing is where, like, he, you know, we had a little bit of it where he has contempt for the people he's working for. But it'd be nice to have a reason why he's working for them. You know what I mean? Or something there. And so, like, the yeah, idea is they give him drugs. Uh, we yeah we don't know anything about yeah. the drugs i don't know anything about that maybe that's a missing scene you know that's a good inference there but i, I just the scene with him and the guy that's with him it's like you know he's gonna turn on him because he's just clearly like well fuck you it's like well then <laughs> why are you with this dude i don't understand so he kills his own people and and they end up like crashing dolph's car into a factory and suddenly they're all inside Yep. By the way, what? before we delve right into this, I do love the bit where Sly's like, oh, you're a Sandra, but I can't take any of you with me because you're not expend. Oh, wait. You are expendable. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, know. you come with me. <laughs> you know, this, this movie was not originally called The Expendables. It was called something else that uh, maybe fit better before he stole yeah. the script from someone allegedly. So. Yeah. Anyway, isn't it funny that if you research this, there's like some kind of like thing where like Sly Stallone like didn't write this movie. He like stole it from someone, but then decided to just like give him credit because he stole it or something like I would use your movie, but I'm going to say your name. You know, like that kind of thing is what <laughs> happened with this is really weird. And it's like, this is terrible. Like, why would you, like, we, me and you could come up with something better in the time that it took to record this. Like, <laughs> like this is awful. So, oh, all right. <laughs> There's all this but stuff I will say on. I really like this because the, the cars crash and stuff and Sly is all kind of like fucked up. He's like, oh, I'm unconscious. And what we get is <laughs> I really like this scene. It is a really cool fight scene between yes. Jet Li and Dolph Lundgren. 
it's great. Lundgren, Lundgren, who cares? Uh, like, it uses the environment in interesting ways, uh, in funny ways and silly. Like, all right, I think uh, Dolph is smart enough to kind of bend his knees when he starts swinging them punches. But that's all right. He's got a headbutt stuff because he's in a low clearance area, but it doesn't affect Jet Li because he's tiny. And their fight's really good. It's great back and forth until the part was like, it's my turn. And he's almost about to... Sh- to He's got a gorilla press. Yeah, he's got a gorilla press. About to impale Jet Li on this pole uh, that's sticking out or something. And Barney's like, no, 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 you can't do that, blah, 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 and shoots him. And this is the last time I see this man in the movie. (laughs) Do you get the line? Yes, but there's a line here that (laughs) explains everything, Luke. Just like in all great action scenes in you know, movies, it's about one line where where Sly Stallone is like, "I shot you four inches right above your heart." Did you get that line? Yeah, yeah. But Dolph's like, "Am I dying? I shot you two inches above your heart." I'll right. take that as a yes. But no, and then he's I, not. Yeah. Yeah, but then I don't. The only other time I see him in a movie, and I figured this was not an actual part of the movie, movie just an end credit scene, is when they all leave. Uh, the tattoo joint or wherever, and they're all on motorbikes together yeah, and stuff. That's part, I think that's the end of uh, Lucha Underground season one. And I'm just like, and because you told you told me, and then I looked it up because I I don't remember all these movies. I looked it up, and sure enough, Dolph Lundgren is in numbers two and three, which makes me really happy because he's the best character in this movie by far. He's good. by far. Uh, in the, on the uh, expendable side, I mean, you've got Eric Roberts in this movie too. Chewing, chewing scene. By the way, they're seen together. So cool. So much scene chewing. But yeah, he, he shoots him, and then he's like, "Tell me, tell me everything." Yeah. Right now. Tell him what. Not only does he manage to tell him who's responsible, but also give him the fucking floor plan to this entire island or something. <laughs> By whispering palace. in his ear. All I did was whisper in his ear. <laughs> I'm almost going to die, but when you turn uh... left, there's a dining room. And if you go straight on past the dining room, there's a kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> the bathroom is the second door on the right. Past the kitchen. No, 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 no. The second door. Oh. Yeah. The third door is a bedroom. We don't use that one. Okay? How are you going to remember all this? On the second floor, my son used to live in the second door on the left, but now we turned it into a study because he went to college. <laughs> so, so that so that happens in this movie, and yeah. then um, the team's back on the seaplane and they fly to Valena, which is the name of the island, which we just kind of like learn very late in the movie. And we, 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 we want to open we want to open these movies in South America. So let's make up a country because we <laughs> don't want to offend them. Right. Because it's generic South America. So uh, T-Money, he tells Calaflare ear about his special bullets. He's got like these special bullets with his gun and they drink beers. And we learn that Sly knows the whole operation. He just had to promise oh. Dolph a Viking funeral, Luke. That's yeah. pretty cool. I did like that part because Vikings. See, cool. which made me think he was almost dead and dying as well. Yeah. yeah. So, so there, do you see a scene in this movie, Mr. Andy? I don't care. Jump ahead, whatever. If you have to, is there a scene in your special awesome cut that shows you that uh, Dolph is not dead? Yes. 
Son of a bitch. Why don't I watch the stank version? Amazon. <laughs> Are you a trillion dollars? Couldn't you have given me stank both nuggets version? Stank nuggets. Oh, stank nuggets. Yes. <laughs> All right. So let's wrap this thing up. All right, so they were on the plane, and guess where they're headed? They're headed to that goddamn island, and we're at the palace with Eric Roberts, and the army are just hanging out, and conspiracies in the air as the Expendables yep. run around in the dark. And, and hell, he yells at Eric Roberts. He he demands that Sandra is brought to him right now, but he already has her because he took her from the waterport. That's, and that's in your version. In my yes. version, Eric Roberts and Austin took her, and they've still got her in the dungeon, and now he wants her. That makes sense. But your version, which is infinitely better and superior in every way, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, all the Expendables, uh, who also now know the entire floor plan of this place, are putting, like, explosives around everywhere. Yes, Luke, did you see them enter with any, like, bags over their shoulders or anything like that? No. Where are they pulling where, these bombs from? Where did they get them? There's like synchronized running down hallways and planting bombs. This is the stupidest scene yeah. in the whole fucking movie. And because they're planting you, yeah. bombs throughout the whole place. Because you don't see one. You don't see them just putting like one or two. You see them all because this montage goes forever. But yes. Maybe yours even went longer. You got to see them put like eight or nine bombs each around the place. And I'm just like, well, we get it. There's bombs here. Just explode them already. Like They, they but, do some like cool stealth kills. They also do like, yeah. like they're sabotaging things as well, but mostly they're planting bombs two feet from each other. I like how they plant bombs near these tankers. And uh, one of them like opens the tanker up. So the petrol starts falling out. I'm like, just right. put a bomb on it. That's going to go up anyway. <laughs> There's a bomb over there on the wall, like across the hall. It's fine. We already put a bomb there. No, let's put another bomb and open this up. So, so they are not fucking around. And Hell maybe no. they are. Actually, they are kind of fucking around. I think so. I think so yeah. <laughs> That's the problem. So Sandra is being held tied up and blindfolded. And Sly just murders all these like guys with uh, Dolph's knife from the beginning. Why does he have his knife? He takes this guy's head right off with it, too. He has the knife. Yes. It's pretty cool. One dude was about to, like, sort of, like, burn Sandra with a cigarette. and, and but I think they were going to get rapey as well. Yes, yes. That's what was going on. So, yeah. um, and, but they get captured immediately. And Stone Cold interrogates Sly Stallone while the other expandables get ready to make their move. And they drop in and start the save. And it's complete madness, man. There's this pretty cool fight scene, like Sly Stallone versus Stone Cold. It's pretty great. Yeah. Uh, Team Money. Uh, ass kicked. <laughs> what, what do you think about Team Money showing up with this like gun with the special bullets and just liquefying people? <laughs> Fucking loved it because so far in this movie, I've seen Jet Li do uh, flippy kicky. I've seen Jason Statham do pretty much similar stuff and knife stuff. Knife. I've seen, yes. yeah, I've seen pretty much all of them at this point, except maybe uh, Terry Crews and Randy Couture do action stuff. Like they're, they're barely in the movie on the team. Like, you know what I mean? Randy and Terry. So they're all <laughs> pinned down and stuff and there's soldiers swarm and they're all fucked. Next thing you hear, you hear, do, 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 these big, deep, heavy bullet things flying. 
And these people aren't just getting shot. Andy said it perfectly. They're being liquefied by these bullets. <laughs> in it's CGI. Funny. In CGI, of course. <laughs> CGI liquefied. Um, Man, and it's 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 super fucking cool. And it's like pretty much one of maybe one or two moments that Terry Crews has to kind of shine in this movie. He's uh, in this movie for like two minutes, Luke. Him and Randy Couture are both <laughs> yes. in this movie for two minutes, yeah. We, we forgot to mention, but at the beginning, Randy Couture has one scene where he, I don't know about you, but in the extended ultra, you know, uh, yeah. jack-off version or whatever, it's fucking like a two-minute scene of him talking about how he got his cauliflower ears. And it went on and on and on. And I'm thinking to myself, how many shots did they have to take to get this? I mean, why? Why is this here? And why how? bother? It's... Because, yeah. And I think a lot of people either have seen lots of action movies or they've seen real fighting or they've seen wrestling. There are people all over the place with cauliflower ears. It happens. It's not that difficult to explain. Show. It shouldn't need a two-minute scene for Randy to be like, this is why my ears, these, this is why my ears are like that. People are you like, all you need to do when you see Randy Couture and his ears like that is think, and you just zoom in on it. You even zoom in on the ear and maybe his mug, and you be like, oh, this guy's been in some fucking fights. Yeah. I think this guy say, will know how to handle himself. You That's say all you need. Fighter. All you gotta yes. do is say he's a shoot fighter, and like he's like, oh yeah, shit, that guy's ears are fucked up. He must be a shoot fighter. And like, uh, you know, it's interesting because you know that they're hanging out on set or or they're like brainstorming. It's like Sly Stallone and like, you know, whoever his fucking flunkies are. And they're they're like thinking, you know, well, you know, so and so didn't. Uh, Steve Seagal said no. So we had to go Randy Couture because he's fucked up. So what are we going to do about that? You know, and and they had to write a scene about the ears being fucked up on purpose because they were really concerned about test audiences and and how audiences were going to react to dude's ear being fucked up. Yeah, I see that. And I see a guy that's been in fights and somebody maybe you don't want to mess with. That's my first thought. Not, oh, what happened to his ears? I know what happened to his ears. (laughs) It's stupid. He fights. (laughs) In fact, everybody right. watching this action movie knows who Randy Couture is, or has at least heard of him, right? He fights. He's it. oh, it's so stupid. All right, and so that's his all... one time to shine, <laughs> apart from some fight scenes towards the end. That's his one time to shine. Yeah, it was bad. So, all right, so after this fight scene, Stone Cold gets away somehow, and the expendable, expendables, they regroup, and as hell, he's with Sandra and Eric Roberts, and as hell, he wants to pay off Eric Roberts as the Expendables must face the whole army. And uh, Enhel gives a speech from his balcony like he's fucking, you know, don't don't cry, don't for, cry me. for me. Don't cry for me. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fucking, it's fucking <laughs> the same balcony for Avita. It's hilarious. <laughs> that made same me laugh note, really hard. Same note. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so he gives the speech. All right, <laughs> it's outrageous. Um, and uh, let's see here. Paint now. So he's up there giving the speech. He's immediately murdered by Eric Roberts, who grabs the girl and Stone Cold and Eric and Sandra. They have to get to the chopper, 
which is funny. And they're all about to get killed when Sly Stallone blows the building, setting <laughs> off all the explosives that they planted. Now, here's the funny part about this is that, you know, they're all like meaning the expendables are about to get killed. They're like pinned down. They're like, fuck, what are we going to do? He's like, well, the explosives, you know, he's like, oh, but uh, Sandra is still in the building, you know, and like, well, fucking who cares? But we came to save Sandra. Who she's cares? Yes, yeah, she's expendable. We're all going to die. So what's he do? He blows the building. The movie's called The Expendables, Luke. He learns no that someone is an expendable and it decides in the end that in fact they are expendable. <laughs> this movie is a piece of shit storytelling wise. It is real bad. <laughs> That's so and, funny. So it, and the funny thing is, Celeste Stallone has been involved in making Oscar winning movies at this point. Yes. Like screenplays and shit like that. This guy knows how to put movies together. He does. What the hell? <laughs> Listen, Rocky. It's a tremendous movie. Yeah. Like the first Rocky, the first uh, uh, Rambo, First Blood, incredible yeah. movie. Those are both amazing. And uh, you know what the last movie that Sly Stallone had directed before this one was? Do you know what that was? Rocky Balboa? It was, but the how about the last that wasn't Rocky Balboa and or like some random like character or whatever of his, it, the last movie that he had directed that wasn't Balboa or what's his other character or, or Rambo. Rambo. Yeah. Was um, staying alive. So really? Yeah. He directed, he directed staying alive. He no staying shit. Alive. And it's better oh, than Rocky. Rich, five. Rich Travolta or oh, anything's better than Rocky five. <laughs> I used to know a buddy that actually wrote a song and, you know, he had rhymed uh, in the chorus that staying alive is better than Rocky Five. So uh, good time. Shout out to that guy who's probably dead. Oh, you are 100 percent uh, correct. I, I believed you. But for some reason, I just needed the double convenient. Uh, that blows my mind. That is yeah. fit. Well, as you know, Luke, maybe you don't know this, but uh, on the Road Home from Wrestling podcast, education first. That's the first <laughs> thing we do. Right. We make the jokes, but the education comes first, then the jokes. Right. So, um, so where were we? Okay. Uh, yeah, Anne Hell wants to pay them off. They're all about to get killed. So I still place was building. All right, so they blow the building up, explosives everywhere, but everyone in the entire movie is murdered, except for the expendables. Of course. And Eric Roberts and Sandra. Everybody else is dead. Everyone. <laughs> It's hilarious. Strategically planted explosives just kill everyone, uh, you know, that doesn't have plot armor. And we get a montage, <laughs> a montage of the expandables running around killing people and blowing shit up while uh, Fart Rock just plays hard as shit. Yeah. And it's great. Uh, Stone Cold is in a fight with uh, Cauliflower Ear and he gets set on fire and killed. What you think of this? Um, I, I really like the Stallone Austin fight. It's brutal. They pound on each other. It's two big men doing big men fighting. I like that. And as soon as Terry unleashes his big gun, fucking Austin's like, well, fuck that shit. I'm out of there. I don't want to be liquid. And <laughs> all right. So now it's Randy Couture's time to shine. And I, I'm expecting, I know it's near the end of the movie and they're trying to wrap it up, but I'm expecting at least a couple minutes of these two doing fisticuffs. No, it's over in like 10 seconds, just kicks him in the fire and Stone Cold's burning alive. 
Ah, ah, ah. CGI fire, by the way, everyone. Ah, <laughs> terrible. Terrible. So cool. at least he got to have that awesome Stallone fight because that was pretty cool. The Katua one, and you got to think, like, Katua is probably 20 years younger or a lot younger than Stallone, right? So he'd be able to do more in a fight scene and stuff, but no. Oh, maybe maybe it's more realistic when, when it's Katua's turn to fight because it's over in a few seconds. And well, do you that's think probably that, what it would be like in real life fighting, fighting Randy Katua. Do you think that maybe we've Plus been five. wrong all along about how Randy Katua was cast and that really what happened was is the Stone Cold was like, listen, brother, I can't do a job to an actor. I got to do a job to a shoot fighter. And so yeah. that's what it was, is that Stone Cold's like, oh, yeah, you know, when it comes to Sly Stallone, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get the upper hand and then run away. You yeah, know, job into a 60-year-old. Fuck, yeah, right. fuck that shit. But fucking, I'll job to Randy Couture, like, you know, he's good <laughs> or something. I think that's what happened here. So, you know, <laughs> I love pro wrestling booking is real in Hollywood. And that's one of the things I thought was so funny about um once upon a time in hollywood because that's what the movie was about it was about pro wrestling booking in hollywood i can't believe you didn't like that and find that funny but uh anyway that's not what we're here to talk about but um <laughs> that was pretty funny stone cold is dead and then we get this amazing moment t money not only did he get to liquefy a bunch of dudes with a gun but he picks up a missile and throws it. <laughs> it's Sly Stallone shoots it with a gun. And it's the biggest explosion of the whole film. It blows everything up. Uh, we thought everybody was dead already, but now they're really dead. You know, and <laughs> double dead. <laughs> and somehow uh, we see that Sly Stallone, he sees Eric Roberts and Sandra. They're running away. And the fire is reflected in Sly Stallone's eyes. And it's one of the only cool shots in the whole movie as far as, like, really, like, artistic. Like, we yeah. see the fire in his eyes. It's only a split second, though. It's like, that could have been that could have been your montage right there. It ends with that, with him, like, the water in the back, you know, in the bottom of this shot. And, like, the, the you know, the fire reflected in his eyes as he go to get some revenge on the, you know, against the guy that, like, didn't really, like, he doesn't really have beef with. I mean, the guy just, like, he invaded the guy's island, and the guy's, like, mad at him for that. I don't know. Yeah. But they barely yeah, even met, and now he's fucked up his entire <laughs> operation. So it's like hanging out around the Expendables. So that was amazing. We get the Eric Roberts versus Sly Stallone fight. What'd you think of this, Luke? Well, I the fight's going fine, and it's building up to a climax and stuff, and I'm like, oh, shit. All right, he's got Stallone dead to rights here with a gun. I'm like, I'm expecting a knife. But what I'm not expecting is Dolph's machete to magically turn into a CGI thing, along with most of Eric Roberts' body, as this big machete kind of knife the Bowie stabs knife. yeah the Bowie knife stabs into Eric Roberts from behind and the only part of it that kind of looks real is how Eric Roberts face and kind of things just like tilts down as he dies but the body and the knife going in it looks like it looks like it looks so fake and and why isn't the body dropping like like straight away it looks like being held up by puppet strings it's kind of bizarre looking 
but also hilariously awesome at the same time. So uh, <laughs> made me laugh. But did, Luke, didn't you notice the amazing storytelling? Because as you mentioned earlier in this episode, they had this kind of like, which is faster, knife or bullet, right? Because what happens is, is that knife sprouts out of Eric Roberts' CGI body, but then a bullet goes right through him just a couple seconds later, or maybe a millisecond, and it turns out the knife is faster than bullet. Because the member, because member. Shut up. <laughs> I was like, and, and like, I'm hearing you saying this to me, and I'm thinking, and you and I are both thinking in our brains, no, no, bullets are faster. Like, they are. Uh, all right, Luke and Andy, you're going to have to fight these two guys. Choose, would you like to be on team knife? Run away. Or, run away. or team gun? Team run away. Yeah, well, we'll team run away with our guns. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah. But you're seriously, like, oh, my God. Yeah, I guess you had to pay that off because that was a checkoff moment that I was really looking forward to coming back into the movie. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you know, again, this is one of those moments. Like, they're sitting there. It's it's sly and it's flunkies. He's already talked about the cauliflower ear thing for the 30th time. They're like, we get it, okay? And he's like, listen, we got to pay off this thing I put at the beginning. And all the writers that are there, they're like, what? What did he say? He's like, we gotta pay the thing. And and he's like, can we get the translator in here? You know, please? Like, why isn't he here already? And so the translator shows up and helps them and they understand what he's saying. Yeah. That's how it works. So uh, the, the translator, uh, he was busy at the CGI uh, as part of the movie, <laughs> making sure the Bowie knife looked as realistic as possible. <laughs> he was, yes, he was. He was at his <laughs> forge. You know, uh, by the a, way, a, 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 yes. But by the way, just uh, just a uh, just as one of those sexism things that just keeps popping up in the movie. They're flying away from the point from the plane from the island that's on fire. They've left Sandra on the island because she for some reason she'll never leave there. <laughs> and and Statham sees that uh, Sly is a little bit uh, upset about it or whatever. And uh, he's like, and Statham's like, she's not your type anyway. And Statham's like, oh. you're right. <laughs> but that's what he had said to him about his yeah. girlfriend in the early because of the thing. There's, there's also a line in this movie in regards to Jason Statham. I can't remember who said it, but the man who can get along with women can get along without them. I'm like, oh, okay. That's... <laughs> what does that mean? Is that a good thing? Like, I don't know, man. Like, that's fair. The that's... man that can what? bathe in water can also drink it. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, what? What does that mean? You know, it means nothing. I'm going to start making those up and writing songs with them. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, goddamn, that's some stupid shit that people would eat up. So, uh, anyway, all right. Well, um, you know, like you said, we, we had all this stuff going on. And, um, you know, I had an extra scene here. Oh, okay. Before they left, I don't know if you noticed this, there was a drop line, literal drop line. There was probably, uh, you know, it was definitely, uh, you know, 80 yard in after the fact. And it's like Sly's like, uh, who's like my account number to like a bunch of money? This will fix the problems on the island. <laughs> That's what he says to Sandra before he leaves. So he leaves her. 
Why? Well, then yeah. what was all this for? Like, what, 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 what did he do here? He just like murdered a bunch of people because they wanted to. So I don't know. And and here's what I get. I get like a denouement scene, and it's all the Expendables hanging out at the tattoo parlor, which is probably yeah. the first scene they ever filmed. And Dolph is there, and he's okay. Yeah, I, he's alive, right? I'm actually seeing that right now. Why did I not notice that twice in a row? But yeah, you, oh yeah, he's got the little bandage on and everything. No explanation how he lived. Like, didn't they leave his body there when they left? Like, what the? I'm, I'm confused, man. Well, I, so so no, but he's an expendable, so he's like not expendable. It's ironic. Yeah. Their name's ironic. So um, Statham does a limerick because that's part of his character trait. You know, the limericks he's been doing the whole movie? What? And he throws a knife. The end, Luke. Yeah. The boys are back in town. Why? The boys are back. How do you play the song, The Boys Are Back in Town, on the first movie? What the fuck? That's the fucking month. That's the that's the opening credits montage for The Expendables 2 right there. No, but the movies and because it's it's all the action boys that they're together, but they've never been together before. The boys are back in town. You know the boys, them boys. Okay, Luke, what did you think of The Expendables? Uh, what are your final thoughts on this film? Uh, the casual slash blatant sexism does take a few points off for me it's it's a low like i I give it a three but it's one of those threes where you get a whole bunch of buddies that we don't do that all right it's pretty shit but it's the kind of shit (laughs) that you want to sit down with some mates and have a few drinks and laugh at or or the kind of shit where you watch it by yourself and then you jump online and do a fucking podcast where you rag on it for an hour and a half it's it's a movie that has zero substance, but is surprisingly really fun to talk about because it's so crap. Is this a good action movie? No. All right. That's all we need to know. Thank you. <laughs> and thank you for asking me. I appreciate is this it. A, is this a good – you're the host. You ask the questions. Is this a good action movie, Mr. Andy? No. Well, you're filling John's spot tonight, and he always forgets to ask too. So you okay, know, cool. you're, you're doing your job. So I yes. um, you know, fuck John, but uh, I like John. John's the best. But I, this is a bad movie in every way that a movie can be bad. Yeah. It's bad. You know, there's parts that I didn't mention. Like, for example, there's a whole like two, couple minute scene where fucking Sly Stallone is filmed from below. And he's like hanging. He's kind of like looking down at the camera, which makes his fake face hang off of his skull and it looks fucked. And there's many scenes where he's wearing a tight shirt that you can kind of see through. And you see that like those pectoral muscles, those aren't real. Like what is happening? You know? So it's, it's a, an amazing time capsule because it's fucking shitty and it, but it's not self-aware that it's shitty in the way that it's shitty. It's self-aware that That's shitty. what makes it good. Yes. It's not that self-aware. Yes. That's what makes it Absolutely. so interesting to talk about. But they think self- they're making the coolest thing ever. Well, yes, but they also think they're making something that's silly, but not silly in the way that we're talking about. No. Like so. 
we're just making a silly fun movie and i'm like (laughs) (laughs) so oh my god this is a blast to talk about i've been looking forward to this a long time so glad that we got to do it uh luke tell us about lsj reviews and never open podcast all right so there are uh two other places on the World Wide Web where you can uh check out stuff that i'm a part of and uh, one of those is uh, lsj's movie reviews or lsj's late reviews just type that in, in on on the youtubes and uh, i review movies usually not on time even if when they're new movies it's very rare for me to be like it's opening day here's the review but uh, I, I review good movies and bad movies, and sometimes I can't tell which one is which <laughs> uh, before I start. Uh, and I like to think I duck out of my wheelhouse a few times every now and again as well. So I've got the sound of music that's going to be Ooh. in the next few weeks, which is definitely out of my wheelhouse. And I figure I've had some problems watching some arty farty stuff, and I'm like, damn it, I, pro- I swear I've liked some arty farty movies. You know what? I'm going to push myself and watch some. The first one being a, it's going to be sometime this week. I'm doing the Expendables review after this, by so we can have them both out. But it's going to be a movie called Tokyo Drifter, which is supposed to be this kind of art deco pop art kind of yakuza movie from the '60s. So I'm going to watch that kind of weird out of my wheelhouse kind of stuff. And other than that, Mr. Andy, uh, you and I, uh, for like the last couple of years, have been doing a podcast called The Never Open Podcast. It is a New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast. And we talk only about New Japan Pro Wrestling because uh, we are professional like that. It is our job, professionalism. And those are the kind of places you can find my stuff. Oh, on the Tweety, Grumpy2, at Grumpy2EB, if you want that as well. So, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, uh, that's Where can right. people find you? Oh, wow. There's a, uh, you know, if you're a road home listener and you like this uh, banter, you'll like Never Open Podcast. So there's that. Yeah. Now, Luke, would it shock you to find out that I was, in fact, a member of the cast of a production of Sound of Music? No shit. That's pretty yes. cool. Uh, would you well, like but, to guess uh, who I played? You'll never guess. Well. No, I'll never guess because I don't know any of the characters. I haven't seen the movie. I know there's, I'm like, oh, I know some haven't. iconic. Okay. I, no, I've never seen it. That's another okay. reason. Okay, wow. All right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess pe- you and people listening to this right now are being, are like, bitch, are you for real? Uh, which is one of my favorite sayings right now I got from the Dolomite movie. There's a character in that that's just like, bitch, are you for real? It just cracks Dolomite me up. rules, yeah. Yeah. He, so, you uh, know, Dolomite is his name, and fucking up motherfuckers <laughs> is his game. That's, <laughs> it's wild. Um, and I love, I love every now and again. I'm like, man, I want to watch some black exploitation stuff. It's really yeah, cool shit. It's tremendous. Love that. So, Luke, uh, you know, when you do watch Sound of Music, I'd like you to pay attention to two things. One, yep. the song that's Do a Deer, a Female Deer, is a fantastic song for the right. explanation of what music theory is like my god is it like ingenious it's a tremendous song um the other thing i'd like you to pay attention to is the character of franz the butler okay just keep an eye on him all right and we'll talk later about it all right all right so i'm gonna guess that you played christopher Plummer's part ah <laughs> you thought i was gonna say franz the butler but no <laughs> <laughs> oh you're gonna smart. be very upset with me when you uh, watch that movie so uh, oh no you played one of the nazis uh we'll see you know we'll see what yeah. happens but uh it was just in a play in, a, in high school 
I didn't want to be it. It wasn't the thing that I Oh, no, I'm not accusing you of being what you were playing. Anyway, but uh, all right. Well, we watched The Expendables. It was a lot of fun. Thanks so much for joining us on the road home on film. Who knows when we'll be back because we have a bunch of stuff planned. But, you know, it's kind of just floating. A lot of floating. So who knows when it will land. But uh, I thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks. Say goodbye. Say goodbye. Bye-bye. <laughs>